On this episode of the AC Sports Report, we have Vince DiCrecio. He is the Sports Medicine Program Coordinator for LifeBridge Health's Sports Medicine Institute. This is Connor Newcomb from the Locked On Orioles podcast. For athletes of all types, both on and off the field, the Sports Medicine Institute at LifeBridge Health is a game changer. Led by board-certified physicians using state-of-the-art equipment, the Sports Medicine Institute at LifeBridge Health will have you back to what you love. To learn more, go to www.lifebridgehealth.org slash sportsmedicine or call 410-870-7940. If you've been looking for someone that talks about youth sports in the DMV, from basketball to football, volleyball, soccer, lacrosse, baseball, and softball, you've found it. We are the authority. This is the AC Sports Report. There's a thriving community of youth sports in the DMV, and we cover it all. From interviews to game reports to player scouting, public and private schools, and we even cover the college recruiting process. This is the AC Sports Report, and here's your host, John Miller. Vince, thank you so much for being part of this podcast. Happy to do it. So I usually start uh, with a little bit of banter about people finding my my studio. I have a little studio in a historic building down in Hampton, but I'm traveling today. I think I upgraded. Foundry Row is all right. Yeah, it's a real nice location, and it's only been open for a few years for our physicians, and it's a little jewel that we have in the Sinai system, LifeBridge Health system. Plenty of parking, plenty of places to eat if you get hungry. I mean, the waiting room has got plenty of size. It's bright, it's clean, it's well lit. This is nice. I like to ask some questions from my guests about their their high school sports experience. Vince, since we see from your credentials that you have a PhD, I'm guessing you started with high school. Yep, absolutely. But Uh, you're not from Baltimore. I am not from Baltimore. I'm actually from a suburb of Detroit. Uh, called Dearborn, Michigan, uh, known for Ford World Headquarters and the big Automotive 3 and all that kind of stuff. So I actually went to high school at Etzel Ford, and our mascot was the Thunderbirds. So going right in you know, line with that Ford Motor Company idea. So I'm a car guy, so I can appreciate that. I, I've never been to the Michigan, Detroit, Dearborn area, but uh, I always said I wanted to go. I think the place has changed quite a bit over the last... 20 years or so i actually say baltimore and detroit are very similar Um, both of them have their nice little downtown district then you kind of get out into the areas you don't want to go to and then you have all your suburbs (laughs) so the thunderbirds uh did you play what sport uh so i was on the football and uh baseball teams um i had some friends trying to get me to go out for wrestling didn't really want to do that and um also i had some friends trying to get me to throw shot put so i did that for half a year and didn't really kind of hold my interest, but football and baseball was where I was at. So, okay. Football in Baltimore is a fall sport. I'm guessing it's the same in Michigan. Correct. And then baseball here is a spring sport. So that's, I'm guessing. Okay. So that left winter open, which is where the wrestling and I don't, shot puts is, is a spring. When's when's spring uh, shot put would have been the same time as baseball, but But you probably could have done both if you really wanted to, but yeah, I just couldn't hold my interest in the shot put. (laughs) All right. So between the two football and baseball, did you have a favorite? So baseball is my favorite sport, but I was actually better athlete in football and started in football. Interesting. All right, so all right, when that, 
you're better at football. If I was the opposing coach and we're getting ready to play you in a game, what's the scouting report on Vince? What, what are they going to say about Vince, the football player? Um, so I was the left tackle, so I protected the quarterback's backside. So it's not really much of a scouting report on alignment. <laughs> and that's literally you protected the quarterback's backside. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, but you're, you're a big guy. You're tall. You're taller than me. 6'3". 6'3". 6'3". So left, that's probably a good size for a, for a left tackle. Because if you look at your, your, your offensive line, I'm thinking, you know, the center offensive line is probably not really going to be tall because the quarterback wants to have some kind of vision. And as you get toward the outside, they get a little taller, and they're all big. Well, you know, it's that specialty of, you know, the trickle-down effect of going from NFL to college to high school that, you know, you're in your less than top 1% are making your NFL programs, you know, when you look at high school football compared to NFL-style football. So... You know, it's interesting in all of these parents who really think that their kids are going to be a collegiate, you know, all-star and that kind of stuff. And you've got about one kid per 100,000 that makes it from high school to collegiate football. So you went on after high school to college? Yep. Where'd you go to college? I went to Central Michigan University, and I picked there specifically because I knew I wanted to go into athletic training and... They had a very highly touted premier athletic training program. So how did you know that? How did, as a high school student, I mean, did you run into an athletic trainer? I hate to ask this. Were you injured? Did you have to get some rehab? Or I, I don't hear a lot of high school. I mean, if I ask a high school player or student now, they're not going to say athletic training. They might say something like sports medicine, which is kind of that broad, I know I want to be in sports. But that's very specific, Vince. So... Yeah, it was my junior high school uh, in football season and sprained my uh, left ankle and had to go work with my athletic trainer, Kelly, who was this 5'2", probably 120-pound blonde woman who had to take care of my 6'3", 240-pound body. <laughs> and, you know, it was a very uh, unique dynamic and really gave me an interest of seeing how I could practice medicine and watch sports for the rest of my life. That is not a bad way to be. No, it's <laughs> not. So undergrad in athletic training. Yep, undergrad in athletic training. And the way that it was at Central Michigan at the time is they took 14 students a semester into a cohort. Um, and you were only allowed to apply into the program twice before they told you to change your major or go to a different university. So top 14 out of about 40 to 65 applicants per semester actually made it into their sports medicine program. And you were one of them. I was one of them, fortunately. That's nice. I will admit it was on my second try, though. (laughs) You know, hey, nothing like I'll take a second round draft pick any day. Do you... um, did you go past undergrad? Do you have master's and um, PhD? Yes. Yep. Is this so, all athletic training related? So my bachelor's degree is in athletic training from Central Michigan. From there, I then went on to Georgia State University in Atlanta and got my master's in sports medicine. And then a few years ago, I decided to be a little crazy and went on and got my PhD from Rocky Mountain University of Health Professions. Very cool. Rocky Mountain, um, Colorado? or uh, They're based out of Provo, Utah. Utah, nice. I don't know much about their sports programs out there. Do they have a football team or do they have a um, So Rocky Mountain is a 
kind of a blended program. Um, so they do have some degrees that are housed on campus and there regularly, um, but otherwise it's a very small institution. But my program was a blended program, so a lot of our learning was done online, and this was all pre-COVID. Um, so those programs did exist uh, pre-COVID, and we would go out to Provo um, for a week every semester um, to do in-person learning and things on campus. Um, and then after the process of a PhD, it was about eight semesters of coursework. After that, you take your specialty exams, which were two four-hour exams. One was in your general core, and then the other was in your specialty. After you pass those two exams, then you can start your dissertation, which is where you do your study. And then after you kind of do your study, get all your data collected, write up your book, um, then you defend all of your findings to your committee, and then you become a graduate. <laughs> wow. Yeah. All right, so hold on. So I know I'm going to ask this question. I might regret it. Uh, you talked about your specialty. So a PhD specialty in ethic training had to be some very specific thing you looked at in athletic training science to, to spend a fairly significant amount of time researching. Yes. It's not going to be like how to throw the football to, to make it a tight spiral. It's probably something very scientific. If I asked you and, and you told me, would I have any idea what it was? Um. I can explain it in layman's terms, but the title of my dissertation was The Efficacy of Neurodynamic Mobilization for Collegiate Athletes with Short Hamstring Syndrome. Oh, yeah, I know exactly what that is. You don't have to explain that at all. Can you explain that, Vince, please? Um, so basically, I was looking at a way of affecting the nervous system in the body because we talk about neuromuscular rehabilitation. So I was looking specifically at how we can affect the nervous system to improve rehab. And I did it more specifically even to target a population of individuals that have hurt their hamstring in the past. Um, so now they had some limitations in the function. So I was looking at how to improve that function to reduce the effect of them getting re-injured. Very cool. Interesting stuff. Yeah. So athletic trainers do all kind. I mean, the, the neuromuscular stuff, the science behind this. It's And not everybody has to be a PhD. In, in the state of Maryland, you don't need a PhD to be an athletic training. Is it, is it like, do you have a license or a certificate? So or? we have to be licensed uh, in Maryland. Um, actually, I think we're up to 42 states. Uh, it might be even more where you have to be licensed to be an athletic trainer. Okay. And you're licensed in Maryland. If you went, like if you were working with... Um, a, a college and your team went to a, a, a school that maybe was across state lines, could you still practice as a trainer there or do you have to like, yeah, rely on Yeah, so you have the reciprocity um, for, you know, that visit. You know, if you're going to be living there and staying there long term, then you would have to get licensure in that state. Got it. But there's the understanding that you're there for that short period of time. Got it. So, but you're now you're working out here at LifeBridge Health in the Sports Medicine Institute. What do you do here? Um, so it was a drastic career change because my entire career had been at the university level, um, minus a six month stint that I did at high school to start my career, which was cause I was a December graduate. Um, so before going on to grad school to get my master's, I had that December to kind of June timeframe where I worked out at a high school, um, so working in collegiate athletics, you're working nights, weekends, a very abnormal schedule. 
especially when you're in Division One, you're doing a lot of traveling, um, which I don't regret at all because due to my time in Division One athletics, I've now been to 37 of the 50 states. <laughs> so well-traveled, well-seen the country, it's a great opportunity, but it's definitely a younger person kind of game. <laughs> yeah, it's not one you can take your family with you. No, no. So, and that's actually kind of the direction that made the career change was kind of having a family because now I've got a three-year-old and a one-year-old. So kind of need to be home to help out with those. So my wife stays somewhat sane. <laughs> um, that, that's important, Vince. It is. <laughs> but uh, this opportunity really gave me the chance to be in a Monday through Friday, kind of eight to four type time frame and you know, still being very involved. Um, so I really went from a clinical experience background, hands-on type experience to now the current position is very administrative in a sense. Um, so lots of emails, lots of phone calls now. So it's a very different world, but it still gives me the opportunity to help athletic trainers um, because I'm basically a liaison between the athletic trainers and our physicians that we have. So our physicians work with different high schools, different universities, different sports clubs. So I help kind of coordinate and you know assist in the care of athletes through the scheduling and getting those kind of things done. So there's a lot of times where um, Loyola University is one of our primary kind of uh, partners that I'm talking to their athletic trainers and you know, helping direct them and getting their appointments and things. And then also our physicians go out and cover their uh, sports for soccer, basketball, lacrosse. So, you know, I'm the one organizing and scheduling when a physician is going to be covering a, one of the games. So is a LifeBridge Health physician at physically at the game? Yep. There's, oh. yep. So we have Dr. Bennett and Dr. Gardner are the primary physicians. Um, so they're often on the sidelines. And then we have a lot of uh, orthopedic residents, um, so you know the residents can also go out and cover and garner experience that way and build up their resumes and determine if they want to be a team physician somewhere. Well, that's cool. You also mentioned the coordinating the, the trainers at these games. Are the trainers LifeBridge Health employees, or are they loyal So I got to correct you. Okay, sorry. There's a Please do. There's professional terminology here, and we're always athletic trainers. Oh, good we've, call. We've earned those degrees. We've gone through those medical programs. We're athletic trainers. So you mentioned athletic trainers at the games. Are these LifeBridge Health trainers? No. Nope. Athletic so, trainers, or are they Loyola athletic trainers? So Loyola University hires their own athletic trainers, and then um, we also partner with NovaCare. So, Nova, so a lot of our high schools that we are in partnerships with have a NovaCare athletic trainer employed at them. And then there's some of the private schools um, that hire their own athletic trainer. I tend to ask for pearls of wisdom. Um, I like to say advice, but I'm going to be careful with the word advice because I don't want this to be mixed up as medical advice. Because if someone needs medical advice or has specific medical questions, they should go to their provider and ask those questions. They shouldn't get it here. But with that being in mind, is there anything you've seen over your many years of experience that um, you'd like to you know, get out there in front of people and say, you know, if there's one thing I could share with the world about my experience in athletic training, whether it's, I'm not going to use the A word, <laughs> but is the, what, what, what do you have to say to people? Um, so the biggest thing I think right now, and there's a large push industrial-wise for 
the sports medicine world or industry wise, I should say, not industrial, but industry wise um, in sports medicine is really getting parents away from sports specialization that allowing your children to play multiple sports will enhance their ability in the primary sport that they want to play, but it'll also prevent them from getting burned out. And I think one of the best stories about that is um, a women's basketball player named Elena Deladonna. I don't know if you've ever heard of her, um, but she was the number one basketball player in the world at the time, and she was going to go to University of UConn. Great um, women's basketball program. It was in the middle of their winning four straight championships, all that kind of stuff. And she was on the University of UConn's campus for one day and decided she didn't want to play basketball anymore because she was burned out on it. Wow. She ended up going to University of Delaware playing volleyball, played volleyball for two years, then decided she missed basketball and went back, ended up being number one draft pick in the WNBA you know, All-American in both sports, you know, that kind of thing. But she was so burnt out on basketball, and even though she was the greatest player in the country, she didn't want to do it. That is a great story. Great, and, great advice is don't let your kids stick to one sport too soon. And the other thing is the injury prevention side of it, that, you know, if we start keeping a kid in a singular sport, they're going to do the same patterns over and over and over, and they're going to start getting chronic injuries, developing bad biomechanics, and have you know very common predictable injury patterns that we say. So when they get into other sports and play multiple sports, they have to use their body differently, which then takes them out of those predictable injury patterns and gets them away from that chronic use issues that they have. Very good. I try to end with uh, is a way people could follow you, but I guess you're more interested in sharing information about the uh, Sports Medicine Institute here at LifeBridge Health. Yeah, so um, yeah, it, we really got to promote our team physicians here and Dr. Bennett and Dr. Gardner, and um, you know we're always looking to develop any kind of partnership with any kind of sports clubs, groups, things in that nature. You know, always happy to kind of go out with that and. You know, it's nice that I have the athletic training background that I have, you know, to help, you know, direct and assist, you know, our patients kind of coming in. And, you know, it helps the physicians as well because they know the urgency of somebody and the scheduling of that. But, you know, going to lifebridgehealth.org and, you know, searching for Dr. Bennett and Dr. Gardner is the best way to kind of get a hold of us. And You mentioned partnering, and you said earlier in the podcast, Loyola University, and you did mention some other schools. If there was another school or maybe another university listening that was like, you know what, this I like the way this sounds, is that are you the guy that they would reach out to to talk to? Yep, so I'm kind of the first step. Um, we have a general kind of conversation, and then I run it up the chain and get the approvals and we get our physicians on board and our physicians oversee their athletic trainers and we you know help coordinate some of the care and you know streamline the process of getting uh, student athletes in to get the best care that they can. Vince DiCrecio, thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to the AC Sports Report. As you know, there's a massive scene of youth sports in the DMV, and it's our passion to cover it all. 
We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had fun. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit the website at www.alstoncarlisle.com. Till next time, this has been the AC Sports Report.